welcome to, uh, I see some, a few uh, new faces around here, so welcome to River of Life. We're glad to have you here. Amen. And as always, if you're new here or, or our guest here today, if you don't currently have a home church, we would love to have you consider River of Life to be your home church. Please let us know how we can assist you and, and aid you uh, in that process. So uh, I'm going to speak here uh, today. Uh, as you know, our, uh, or maybe you don't know, pastor and his family are out of town this weekend, so I have the privilege of uh, bringing the word of the Lord today. And uh, I, uh, uh, I'm going to speak on a topic that's one of my favorite topics to preach on. And so, of course, I have uh, preached on this topic before. In fact, I know I've used this same title uh, before. And I'm not really great on coming up with creative titles, so this is going to be as good as I can do. But I think it's a, a pretty good title because I didn't make it up. It comes from the word of the Lord. You'll hear it here in just a moment. But I do want you to know I'm just not up here trying to, you know, have an easy weekend and, and not put any effort. Uh, if you remember me preaching on this topic before, I assure you, and I'm not trying to uplift myself, that I've spent hours in prayer and study reworking so we can have a fresh word of the Lord here today. But I've just felt on my spirit that we just need some encouragement from the Lord, that we need an uplifting message from God's word. And so I present this to you today from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, very well-known passage of scripture. It says this, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And verse 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then here comes the familiar portion in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard in me do. And it ends with the passage ends with this phrase and the God of peace shall be with you the God of peace shall be with you so with the help of the Lord today I just want to speak on the topic the God of peace just think about that for a moment the God of peace amen let's go before the Lord again together one more time Ask him to be here and meet with us today. Lord, in Jesus' name, so thankful for all these folks that have come to the house of the Lord today to connect with you, to hear from you, Lord. And so we pray that you speak, hallelujah, through the ministry of the word today. In Jesus' name, touch our hearts and touch our minds with the peace of God that passeth all understanding. We speak to every situation Right now, every obstacle and trial and problem that is facing each and every member of this congregation right here, and we speak the peace of God into it right now. In Jesus' name, have your will, have your way in this place, and we give you all the glory 
all the honor, all the praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands, lift our voice, honor the Lord who's in our presence today. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We honor you right now, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for your visitation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Amen. Feels good in here today. You can be seated. Well, it's certainly no secret that our society... Our civilization today is filled with stress. It's filled with worry. It's filled with anxiety. It's filled with pressure and conflict and turmoil and trouble and chaos and confusion and so many other adjectives that you could use to describe the events of our day. And I'm not going to go into any detail on that because if you watch the news and if you're not living under a rock, you know exactly all the things I'm talking about. And so even we, as people of God, even we as the church, we can and do experience wear and tear, for lack of a better word, some mental, cognitive, emotional, and sometimes even physical distress that plagues us because of all the worry and care and stress that's so evident to us on every side. But I want to remind you here today that the Bible... God's word gives us the answer to this dilemma. And the answer is just very simple. Peace. God's peace. So in a world full of turmoil, in a world full of conflict and chaos, I'm glad I know, and aren't you glad you know, the God of peace. It's interesting if you search for the phrase God of blank in the New Testament. Uh, it's interesting what you find. In Acts 7 and 2, we are told of the God of glory. In Romans 15 and 5, Paul tells us of the God of patience and consolation. In Romans 15 and 13, he tells us of the God of hope. In 2 Corinthians 1 and 3, we discover the God of all comfort. In 1 Peter 3 and 4, we read about the God of grace. And each one of those only appears one time in Scripture. But we will find five times 
six times if you include 2 Corinthians 13 and 11 that talks about the God of love and peace. But in addition to that, five other times we read about this phrase, the God of peace. It seems to me that if God wants you to know him for anything, he wants you to know him for the peace that he provides. The New Testament refers to the God of peace more than any other description, and in fact, all of these combined. Paul opened every single one of his 13 letters or epistles to the churches with the familiar invocation and blessing, which he typically phrased, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be unto you. Now, the Bible provides us with three different aspects or types of peace. In other words, it talks about peace in three different contexts, if you will. And I'm not going to go into detail on this, but one is vertical peace. That's a peace with God. In other words, being in right status, right standing, right relationship with God. And I certainly can't emphasize enough how important that is. And this, of course, is only made possible through being reconciled with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and appropriating that sacrifice through the new birth experience of water and of spirit. And this is a beautiful truth, the most important truth, a beautiful Bible study, but that's not the type of peace I want to speak about today. Another type of peace that the Bible teaches us in the New Testament, we sometimes call it horizontal peace. And what I mean by that is harmony in human relationships, the absence of conflict and strife between individuals, and particularly between brothers and sisters in the Lord. And on this note, in Romans 12, 17 and following, and I'm reading a paraphrased version here, it says, if someone has done you wrong, do not repay them with wrong. Try to do what everyone considers to be good and right. Do everything possible on your part to live in peace with everybody. And that's a message from the word of God that is replete throughout the New Testament. We read about it in many more passages that teach this same concept. It's vitally important, but this is also not the type of peace I want to talk about today. You see, the Bible talks about this third type or this third aspect or this third context of peace that I'll call internal peace for our purposes today, that inner peace. And from a secular perspective, dictionaries have tried to describe or define this kind of peace as follows, a state of tranquility, calm, harmony, silence, or quiet, or freedom from disquieting or oppressing, oppressive thoughts and emotions. And this is certainly true as far as the natural experience goes. But the peace that the Bible proclaims, the peace that the Bible talks about is not merely a cognitive or psychological peace. It's it's more than just an emotional experience. I want to tell you today, it's a spiritual experience. It's not a natural peace, but it's a super natural peace. You see, Jesus said in John chapter 14, beginning with 16 and following, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter, 
and he will abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But you see me because I live, you shall live also. And cutting down to verse number 26, he continues this passage, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You see, the peace that we can find in Christ Jesus, the peace that we can find through his spirit is far and away superior to any natural experience that we can encounter in this world. The peace that God gives is something different, something supernatural. So yes, peace is tranquility and calm and harmony. Yes, Peace is freedom from oppressing thoughts and emotions as the dictionary proclaims. But the peace that we have is so much more than merely these things. The Bible says in our text in Philippians 4 and 7, it mentions the peace of God that passes all understanding. The peace of God that passes all understanding. I'm proclaiming a peace that is impossible to articulate fully. I'm proclaiming a peace that one cannot fully describe or accurately uh, talk about. A peace that our minds cannot fully grasp or comprehend, much less explain, because it passes all understanding. A peace so complete, so absolute, so all-encompassing, so comprehensive, so pure, a peace that is altogether perfect. The Amplified Bible defines and describes this peace with the phrase, perfect well-being. So the very best description I can give you today, the very best way I can relay this from my own experience is that this peace is feeling and knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that everything is going to be all right. We have a divine confidence. We have a divine contentment in God that no no matter what besets us, no matter what befalls us, no matter how the earth is shaking and quaking around our feet, we can know that we know that we know beyond any shadow of any doubt that everything is going to be all right. And God whispers peace into our spirit. So biblical peace is an absolute confidence, an absolute trust, an absolute calm assurance in our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it comes from complete reliance and dependence upon him. In all the things that we can experience, there's no problem that can confront us. There's no trial that can befall us. 
There's no tragedy that can beset us. And many more things that we can describe that the God of peace, he will be able to calm us, to shelter us, to protect us, to give us comfort, to give us assurance, to give us hope, to give us confidence, to give us contentment, to give us this perfect well-being indeed, to give us divine peace, to rise above it all, knowing that everything is going to be all right. I'm speaking into someone's situation today. And I want to tell you, hallelujah, with all the confidence I have in the Holy Ghost right now, everything is going to be all right. It may not work out the way you think. It may not even work out the way you want it to work out. But let me say again, everything is going to be all right. We have this hope. We have this confidence. We have this peace. And the Lord. Now, many will tell you that the way to obtain peace is through various and sundry methods. Some folks like to get a nice massage. I've never done that. That's just creepy to me. (laughs) Not judging, but it's just creepy to me. Some will seek through relaxation and meditation techniques, through breathing exercises. I'm sure good nutrition is a good way to have uh, more relaxation and and peace, if you will. And many other methods, and and I'm not knocking these. Surely there's benefit to all of these things, some, some good practices. But these methods are not the manner in which we obtain and appropriate the perfect peace that the Bible tells us about. Jesus said that the peace he gives, the peace that comes from his spirit, the peace that comes from our comforter, our paraclete, the Holy Spirit. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not the kind of peace that the world gives. You see, the Bible says in Romans 14 and 17 that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. In other words, it's not natural or physical or material, but it's righteousness and peace and joy. How? In the Holy Ghost. The way you get peace is connecting to God's spirit. The indwelling of his spirit, the infilling of his spirit, the baptism or gift of the Holy Spirit brings us salvation. It brings us deliverance and victory and righteousness and power to overcome sin and love and joy and hope and guidance and direction and so many other things and we need all this. But can I tell you that here today when God fills you with his spirit, he also provides you with divine Peace. And because the source of our peace, the origin of our peace is through the Spirit of God Himself, that means that your peace is not contingent upon circumstances. That means your peace is not dependent on what's happening around you. Neither is is it dependent on what other people's think or do or say, but the peace that we have, regardless of the hell that you may be walking through, regardless of the trials that may be attempting to beat you down, regardless of many tragedy that you may have befallen your life, your peace is not dependent on any of that. Your peace is not contingent on any of that, but we can have peace in the midst of the storm.
Jesus reminded us in the gospel that we cannot add one cubit to our stature by taking thought, as the King James Version says, or by worrying about things or being anxious about things. This is an idiom that means we cannot extend our lifespan beyond the appointed times that we're given. So in other words, don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. Don't be anxious about it. I'm fully aware today that there are many things that I cannot do on my own. There are many things that are outside of my individual power and control and I need the help of the almighty God. But let me ask this question today. Why do we worry? Why do we fear? Why do we get stressed? What good does it do? What power does it have to change anything? The absent answer is it has power to change absolutely nothing. Instead, we need to turn it all over to Jesus Christ. Like the old hymn says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. And it's all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And so I saw a message on social media recently. It says you can worry or you can worship. You can panic or you can pray. You can tremble or you can trust. And can I add a few things to this list? You can have consternation or you can have confidence. You can have anxiety or you can have assurance. You can have fear or you can have faith. You can have chaos or you can have calm. You can have suffering or you can have serenity. You can have turmoil or you can have tranquility. You can choose pain if you want to, but I choose God's peace. God's wonderful peace. So I just want to remind someone here today, when you're tempted to stress and worry and have anxiety and feel the pressure and the turmoil and the chaos of this world, never forget you have access to his divine peace. Now, some may say, well, I've been filled with his spirit, and I've experienced this peace, but sometimes it feels very distant. Sometimes I don't feel like I have this peace you're talking about. I'm reminded of the words of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 26 and 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I got to read that again. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. May I humbly submit that the reason sometimes, and not in all situations, I understand, but the reason sometimes we get connect, disconnected from peace is because we become disconnected from God. There are times that we don't have the peace of mind that we would like to have because our minds are too concerned and too controlled and too consumed with other things to the neglect of trusting in God and keeping our mind on him. The parable of the sower tells us it's the cares of this world that choke out God's word in our lives. 
Paul warns us that the soldiers of the Lord, as soldiers of the Lord, we must not become entangled with the affairs of this life, that we may please him who has chosen us to serve. Hebrews 12 tells us about the weight and sin that do so easily beset us. Sometimes we err, sometimes we fail, sometimes we make mistakes and come up short. Paul talked about the war in his body and in his mind, the struggle between the spiritual man and the carnal man. He said, the things I want to do, and I'm paraphrasing, the things I want to do, I don't always do those things. The evil things that I don't want to do, sometimes those are the things I find myself doing. James 4 teaches us that anyone who is friends with the world is the enemy of God. Romans 8 teaches us that the carnal mind is enmity with God. Romans 8 and 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Just walking through this life and just living in this world and just battling with this flesh, we can become tired. We can become weak. We can become worn. Our hearts and our minds can easily be overwhelmed. We can find ourselves becoming distracted, disconnected from the very source of our peace. And let me say this world would love to separate you from the peace of God. The enemy would like to rob you from the peace of mind God wants you to have but we need to remind ourselves to be redirected and refocused on the God of peace and ultimately we need to remember that this world didn't give it and this world can't take it away the adversary didn't give you this peace and the adversary can't take it away Jesus Christ gave you this peace and he can restore and renew this peace when we redirect and when we refocus and when we reconnect with him. Jesus said, come unto me all that ye are labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in spirit, lowly in heart, and you shall find rest under your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can I focus on just one of that part? Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. Learn of me. And when we do this, we shall find rest for our souls. Learn of me, Jesus said. Can I just say this today? Sometimes we need to just collect ourselves and understand that we need to relearn some things. The more I learn about him, the more I experience him, the more I connect with him, the more I worship him, the more time I spend with him in prayer and in the world, all of a sudden, the more peace I have, the more peace I experience. We need to reconnect by getting our minds back on God, back on the word of God, back on the things of God, back on the kingdom of God, back on the principles of God, on the truths of God. Psalms 119, 165, one translation says this, there is lasting peace for those who love your teachings and nothing can make those people stumble. Second Peter 1 and 2 tells us grace and peace be multiplied unto you 
through the knowledge of God and of our and of Jesus our Lord through the knowledge of God you see we grow in peace when we grow in the knowledge of God the greatest purpose of life we deepen in peace when we deepen in our experience and relationship with God in Matthew chapter number 6 in Jesus famous discourse about overcoming worry and fear and anxiety, he closes with this phrase, these words. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In other words, it's senseless and it's counterproductive to compound future problems with today's realities. Yes, there is potential for trouble and problems every day. Yes, there is things in this world that would want to try to stress us and make us worry every day. But also, God provides mercy every single day. God provides grace every single day. Can I say it? God provides peace every single day. Every day has its sufficient trouble. Every day has its sufficient stress and trials and problems. But also, let me remind you that every day has its sufficient peace in the Lord. And so there's a timeless concept in God's word that God wants us to depend and rely upon him every single day. Someone say that with me. Every single day. Day. The manna from heaven was provided every day. And the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Why? Not because God is needy or has control issues, but because depending and relying upon him, depending and relying upon God provides us with the greatest opportunity for human thriving, for human flourishing, for human fulfillment. We could never provide for ourselves as adequately and completely and as perfectly as God can and does. And in and of ourselves, we could never find or create Peace that's adequate to overcome all the trials and problems of life, enough to sustain us and see us through the difficulties that every day brings. But that is why God is telling us today, connect with me today and I'll give you peace. Pray today and I'll give you peace. Cast aside all your worries and problems today and I will give you peace. Connect with him every day. And he will keep you in perfect peace when your mind becomes stayed upon him and when you put all of your trust in him. Let's stand if you would, please. And so our text to remind you says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Sometimes we're just thinking about the wrong things. Whatsoever things are just, pure, lovely, of good report. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. I want to challenge you this week. Meditate upon the things of God. Meditate upon the word of God. God of peace shall be with you.
Paul's closing remarks in the epistle to the Romans. Romans 15 and 33. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. I want to pray that prayer right now. I want to invoke that blessing and promise from the Lord right now. May the God of peace be with you all. May the God of peace be with you all. Hallelujah. I'd like to do one thing before we leave here today. I'd like to call everyone who, who can come to stand up around this altar. Of course, we'll try to maintain appropriate distance and what have you. But just step out from where you're at. If there's not enough room up here, maybe step out in the aisle. Don't kneel or anything just yet. You can do that in a moment if you like. But I just want everybody to stand right now. I just want you to close your eyes and maybe just tilt your head up towards the skies. Maybe just lift your hands up in the air. And as Sister Mary sings this, sing along with her. And just envision right now the beautiful peace of God. Hallelujah. From the far.